Are you doing the intro or am I doing? You the said intro? that you wanted to start first. It's not how we normally do it, and now you're going to have it's to leave this in. I know, I know. How does the intro even go? We go, hey everybody, Welcome. this is Adkins. <laughs> that's right. Hey everybody, this is Adkins. No, you. That's my line. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it in. Just that's that's Adam who's goofed this whole thing up. Uh, but it's been a while. We're we're rusty while. as hell. Uh, as yes, uh, as might be understandable. We haven't put out an episode in at least four weeks. Um, it's been a, I mean, it's been longer than that for me. Uh, it's been like three months since I've been on the AMP, but let's, let's rewind real quick. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Adam. And this is Adkins. And we are welcoming you to another episode of the almighty podcast. As we just said, it's been a long time uh, since the two of us have sat down and recorded. I mean, it's been at least three months, right? It's been a while. Yeah. And Adam yeah. is subjecting me to a face cam um, against my will. I thought about holding up a newspaper with today's date on it. Um, but I have, uh, somewhat mistakenly set precedent for my face being on the internet, um, playing D and D five E with some of the folks at uh, at the BPN for Rocks and Rune Lords, right. and as like the first night that I did that, I was like, "This is going to set a terrible precedent." <laughs> Adam's going to reel me in for for a video episode of the AMP. So if you're just listening, it's it's fine. This is probably the best way to consume the AMP is my faceless. Um, but if you're curious, uh, Adam is also recording uh, the video of our faces, and That's as right. we're describing the comic strips of Smash Volume 3, which is what we're covering, top tens from uh, Smash Volume 3 today, then uh, he will also have those on the screen so you can see them in addition to uh, however we may describe them for our audio-only folks. Exactly. And the link will be in the description of the podcast episode if you're interested. Um, if you're subscribed to my YouTube channel, it'll also be there. I think it's youtube.com slash TheRealSimzo. So if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, any of those places. Is Twitter even still a thing? I don't even know. Uh, it's it's weird. It's like weird. Yeah. So like <laughs> on my phone, the the main icon to enter the app is is an X now but not in the folder in which it's contained. So like, you know how there are like layers, you know, levels. There's yeah. like the home screen, and then I have a folder for social media. If you're looking just at the folder from the outside, it's still the bird. Um, and then, but as soon as you click into that folder, then it turns into an X. It's just whatever. I, I mean, uh, it is what it is. It's got it three more months, and then we'll all be on threads or whatever that other replacement was. <laughs> yeah, there's always something, man. But <laughs> there, there really is. Yeah. But I really did think that today's episode would be great to do video with, if anything, because we are covering the uh, school briefs. Not the school no, briefs, I'm sorry. You the shut Smash your mouth. Volumes. Yeah, the school briefs, we don't speak of those. Uh, but the Smash volumes, which are like these gag strips, uh, you know, this volume in particular felt more slice of life, really. Like, I feel like volume one and two were really kind of random gag strips the kind of almost like a Marvel what if, if you've ever read the what if stuff. Uh, but in this scenario, it's really more just like things that could have happened and had a funny twist to them, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of filling in of blanks. Um, for instance, we get to ride on the bus um, to and from the camp. That's uh, kind of the time at summer camp uh, working on uh, enhancing their quirks is the, the central big like anime event or or i mean manga can't canonical event uh that's kind of at the center of this so we get some material just before that some material just after um and so like for instance again we do we do see them on the bus briefly on their way to mm -hmm. camp we spend some more time on the bus just kind of unpacking what other conversations and shenanigans might have gone down on that on that bus ride um uh, along with some other non-canonical events that take place that are that are pretty fun yeah definitely well uh, unless you've got any My Hero news to cover, why don't you say we hop into these? 
uh, yeah, I don't have any news outside of, we'll, we'll say at the beginning of the episode uh, today that since it's been a while, um, one, you can find us on Twitter slash X slash whatever else um, at <laughs> Almighty Pod. Uh, and if you visit that uh, account, then you can also visit to the pinned tweet or whatever the hell they're going to call it from now on. And like X's? Yeah, and th- whatever. Targets? Um, targets. They'd dumb. have to be targets, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not paying attention. Um, but if you visit the pinned whatever the hell they're called now, there's a link to the Discord. Uh, we've even had, even in our during our hiatus, in our absence, we've had a couple of folks join uh, the Discord yeah. recently for AMP purposes, including Chally and X. Mark himself uh, has joined BPN's Discord and popped into the Ooh. Almighty uh, podcast channel, appropriately enough, as he has been a part of over half a dozen episodes with us, I think, at this point. Yeah. Mark, I always appreciate you stepping in and filling in for me, pal. It's, uh, you know, I had a bum knee for a little while, and uh, Adkins needed all the help he could get. <laughs> it's true. And Mark is always uh, a team player when it comes to stuff like that. He is, again, contractually obligated to rejoin us for future team-up missions. Um, and he is just fine with that. Maybe even a little excited. I don't want to put words into his mouth, but uh, I do <laughs> well, think that he enjoys the process. Well, what do you say we go ahead and hop in, man? Um, I will go ahead and kick us off with my first particular comic here. Your strip. Not yes. Not to be, con- now that we're working in a video medium, not to be confused with a strip tease. He is not stripping. He is putting a comic strip on the screen. That's right. And Mineta is uh, actually not involved uh, in a, at all in this one. But um, if Mineta was, then striptease could potentially be, you know, uh, <laughs> it would be on the table. Expected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to kick us off. Uh, this was one of the earlier chapters. I can't remember exactly which chapter it was, but this one's called Cautionary Tale of Deku. And uh, basically in this first chapter, he's been helping all of the kids that didn't do their summer homework and he's been exhausted. And it's so funny because in this one, you know, they're like, hey, we're all done. We'll see you at school tomorrow and uh you know he's just kind of like awesome i've got 30 minutes left until the next day starts i think they they were literally gonna miss school almost because there was only eight hours left right. before uh and so he gets down you know he's, he's chilling out and uh, he just kind of falls asleep and it's great because he ends up missing class that first day back uh so he's totally not there just probably late if he even makes it at all uh but i just thought that was so funny because it's very up midoriya's alley you know like to go out of his way to help everybody else and then to actually miss the thing that was so important to him so very very midoriya it's very self-sacrificial in in that way yeah i thought it would have made more sense i can't remember uh that strip and there's a lot of like kind of fuzziness around some of the events that uh that precipitate i guess these strips well they're gosh they took for like place forever ago compared to where we're at now yeah definitely um but it would have made more sense to to have momo doing some tutoring i guess um because she's too smart for that she like (laughs) no she does that in the show (laughs) like well yeah that's true i guess that's what i mean it's not like deku's dumb um but it, it you know momo that's that's her niche man um she she has the dummies over at her fancy mansion and uh, you know, feeds them tea and crumpets or cookies or whatever. Uh, I wonder, could she produce reports like completed? That's a good question. We know. I would assume so, just based on like if she knows the chemical makeup. Like, are you saying could she produce a piece of paper that has her signature on it without actually yeah. putting a pen into her hand? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Or, or like any any ones, right? Like if she was able to study like one of Deku's papers, could she potentially reproduce that in some way? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, 
on the surface, it seems like if she knew the chemical makeup that she could and that she would be able to layer it because like those little nesting dolls are layered. So you, mm-hmm. even if you had like the chemical makeup of the paper and then on top of that would be the chemical makeup of like pen ink and, right. and you could kind of almost like 3D print it that way. That there's yeah, precedent yeah. for for a layering effect. She's not just like printing out a sheet of something, and also like copying handwriting. Like I I wonder. It feels like it's plausible that she could get ink on paper, but potentially not plausible that she could actually write. Does that make sense? Yeah. If she did it, it might be more like something that you would see come out of a printer. Like there wouldn't yeah. be the indent. You know, the the slight indentations from a ballpoint pen or whatnot. I don't think mm-hmm. that would be the case. Or It's like her mastered level up powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wonder, the other question is, like, I wonder how closely she could replicate handwriting. Because, you know, there's like, uh, well, you know this, like there's gradings for things like signatures uh, and right. markers for authenticity. And certain experts can look at two very similar uh, looking autographs and be able to distinguish uh, the, the true one from uh, one that was uh, a, a fraud or a phony or fake, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I wonder how refined she could make that, if it would be an exact replication or not. Um, that's yeah, a good that's question. Good. If you think you it's have actually... an answer to this question, hit us up at AlmightyPod on Twitter and let us know. Or leave it in the comments down below. I can actually say that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> there is actually going to that's going to come up in one of my other comic strips because Momo's involved in it and creating items. So uh, we'll come back to that. But for now, Adkins, I'll hand it over to you, pal. All right. My first one is called Number Three Hero Gets a Promotion. This one. So, Adam, I, I listened back to the last time we covered Smash Volume, Smash Volume 2. Um, it was Oh, like a year ago at this point, I think. It <laughs> was number 80-something, and this is number 133, I think. Anyway, um, this very much reminded me of one of the comic strips that you put in your top 10 then um, that didn't make it into mine at the time, but it's very similar vibe. Um, so in it, Kaminari is sitting uh, at, like at a beach, a promontory, maybe seeing some fish in the water, and uh, Endeavor has told the students that they're each responsible for catching their own dinner and Kaminari being unable to make things out of his body like Momo can uh, has got to sort out exactly what he's going to do so we see like Endeavor going uh, to fetch up some abalone so he's got some uh, I was going to say scoop but that's not correct this is snorkeling gear and he's gone under the under the water and Kaminari just decides that he can just zap the water and scoop fish up <laughs> and so he does he jams his hand into the water and uh, uses his quirk. And uh, th- later on, I guess some undetermined amount of time later, um, Bakugo and Asui are staying on the beach wondering where old Flameface is and uh, if anybody has seen him. And Kaminari is in his yay mode and he's just like, not me, question mark? And he's got his fish. Awesome. Uh, and then we just see a Endeavor floating face down in the in the sea. Uh, it's It's pretty great. The only thing that would have made this better is if this was Todoroki and he's like, hey, has anybody seen dad? Yeah. <laughs> so in volume two, there were like two panels that you put up that were similar to this. Um, one of them, and it was Asui who was the, I think she was the 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 unfortunate recipient of a shock from Kaminari. I can't remember what the other one was, but basically somebody did something to the water and it hurt uh, poor Asui. So they, it feels like a recycled joke, but it, I think just the face down floating endeavor worked for me in a way that the other oh, ones yeah. didn't. 
Well, and it, I mean, it's so plausible with Kaminari that he would just totally blank and, you know, not even think about something like that. So well, and do it multiple times at this point in the story. Yeah, I was going to say, if we hold all of the Smash volumes in continuity with one another, then he's doing something that he has already done before. So he should know there is a risk factor to this, um, that he should sure. clear the immediate vicinity of human beings. And yet he does it again. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of great. Well, I'll go ahead and take us into our next one. Uh, This one I was uh, cracking up about. So this is Dark-ish Night. And the whole concept is All Might is basically grading all of the kids on how well they are at being dramatic when rescuing him in a situation. And uh, there are a couple of flopped ones, in my opinion, on this one. But for uh, Tokoyami here, uh, he shows up and All Might's just like, wait, aren't you going to save me? And uh, he just turns around, you know, how naive. And he says, reality is so rarely forgiving. And uh, he says, don't expect heroes to save the day every time. And All Might's just standing there like, but wait, what? (laughs) And so Tokoyami's unlocked the door and just tells him to go ahead. Like, you can get out of here. And I don't know. I just I thought this was great because at the end, All Might is just like, yeah, this is awesome. And he he describes Tokoyami as being the anti-hero. And he's too cool, you know, and he got a really high scoring. So that one just cracked me up. I thought that was pretty funny. I think two of mine, not this next one, but two of mine are from that same gag where they're yeah. trying to rescue all might and i thought two of them were were excellent tokoyami didn't make my cut but i'm glad that he made yours yeah i love it too because i think there's at one point where uh, all might it may even have to be after the first panel or the first one all might is just kind of like ah screw it just be dramatic i don't even care if you save me anymore yeah yeah that's what it was <laughs> he, he gave the explicit instructions to make your heroism dramatic and yeah. uh, two of the other class 1a students do that in a much more effective way i think well, let's go ahead and transition over to your next one all right, this one is called Super Effective, and literally I picked it because of the last panel, so I'm going to speed run my way to it. Um, so basically the conceit is they were all sent out. This is uh, Monoma. Is, um, the, the contest is loosely go and catch some bugs, like some Goliath beetles or something like that. And so there are some panels of uh, various members of Class 1A trying to do so and successfully doing so and giving some away, yada, yada. So when it comes time to compare results... There are some excuses proffered to Monoma who says, well, it doesn't look like you actually did the thing, so maybe you didn't step up to meet my challenge, and Todoroki and Ida have used some sort of drone bugs, maybe. I can't recall the thing around it, but Midoriya has caught himself Asado, and so like (laughs) this last panel is just Midoriya saying, I caught a human, and it has, like, it's a straight out, it's a Pokemon parody, so he he says, I caught a human, and it has the little symbol for male, too, and he says, go, Rikido, and he, and he throws it out, throws uh, Sato out, uh, who says, Ricky, Ricky, as if he were a Pokemon, um, who's only capable of saying his own name in some form, even if it's truncated, Uh, and then it says at the bottom that trainer Midoriya's human male defeated Monoma and it, it was just uh it it was a silly gag it was the be- it was a punchline to an otherwise uneventful and kind of lackluster uh vignette of of panels yeah uh, of of comic strips but this this really it put a good bow on it so I I picked that for that last I, panel alone I feel like there were so many Pokemon references in the bug catching chapter. Uh, I mean, obviously so. It makes sense for the the bug catchers in general, but I like that. This is pretty funny. Yeah, I think Midori ended up catching Asado because he was trying to use something saccharin. Yeah, wasn't he, like, dressed up as a bug? Sato was, yeah. yeah. And, and, like, Midoriya tried to bait with sugar, and so he was like, oh, I guess, yeah, he would be attracted to sugar because of his baking. Because of his... Yeah, kind right. of the, the loose connection there. Yeah, yeah. What's your next one, bud? 
So we've got uh, in this one, we've got this one called the Gambling Granny, and uh, basically there is Nezu involved, and and something is happening. I don't remember exactly what was going on in this chapter, but effectively there are some villains that want to uh, play some mahjong because they've taken a couple of uh, hostages, and so he's trying to get everyone in into this to play. And it's funny because basically someone, and I think it's uh, it's. Kaminari, yeah, he's like, well, how did we play with just the three of us? And Nezu says Mahjong has three-player variation, but it gets complicated, so I've summoned some aid. And uh, we actually get in uh, the old recovery girl. I always call her medical granny. Yeah, you uh, do. But you, you nailed it that time, though. You caught yourself. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the picture, so <laughs> oh, <I'm> cheating. <laughs> <It says> it. <laughs> but uh, veteran gambler recovery girl, and she says, we play by the Kuatan appendix rules or what? And uh, it says she plays for keeps. And I think this just cracked me up because for a while my wife worked at a um, retirement home is what I will lovingly refer to it as. And every time I walked in there, there would be like a table of elderly women trying to convince me to play bridge and this just reminded me of that <laughs> and i was still to this day have no idea what bridge is uh, but just that that context alone i was just thinking of those people and had me cracking up my next two which i'll take one at a time so that we can go back and forth um are again the the rescue all might uh and these come after him being like you know make it make it dramatic so uh, this one's called here's momo yow and <laughs> she's like a healthy amount of suspense will make for a dramatic entrance as she retrieves a chainsaw uh, from her bosom via creation. <laughs> and so there's this like like third panel where All Might hears the sound of a chainsaw, which is just always a frightening sound if you're not in the woods somewhere. Uh, and so he's sitting there like basically holding his knees to his chest. And all of a sudden this chainsaw cuts a doorway into the wall near him. Uh, and as it falls over, there's uh, Momo, and she's got this chainsaw. It looks straight out of, like, a, a horror movie. Of course, yeah. the the pun in the title uh, is uh, a joke straight out of The Shining, which doesn't involve a chainsaw. This is kind of like a mix of The Shining and Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, and so the, the wall thuds down, and All Might is just scared to death because Momo's got, like, these blank, lifeless eyes and is standing shrouded holding this uh, chainsaw between her and him. And... Uh, she says, I'm here for you to save you. And, and I like this scene. We see it in other places where this is kind of being projected to the other students as they watch. And uh, it looks very much like they're watching this at a drive-in, yeah, uh, like a horror movie at the drive-in. And the best part is uh, that this is working for Mineta. Like he, he is seeing Momo <laughs> be this it. scary uh, movie villain. And he's just like, this is actually working for me. So he's got like... <laughs> Uh, this, this, uh, he, he, I don't think he would mind playing the victim to, to Momo Yao is, is what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Yeah. This one was good. And this kind of reminds me of that area when, um, I think there was that season where like half of it was one a and, uh, one B like facing yeah. off against each other. And they had that kind of big screen that yep. they were able to, to view the, uh, proceedings or the, the fights. I think that's where they're at kind of. Yep. Why don't we go ahead and go into your next one? Oh, since they're adjacent. Yeah. All right, this one's called Soapy, and this might be my favorite one of the of the whole volume. There's a really, yeah i I just thought it was so stinking funny. <laughs> um, there's another one that comes in like a close second that I'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, so the, the again going for drama points. This is uh, Kaminari's turn. And uh, it's called Soapy, and I just have to read this straight up. You'll get the visuals if you're watching. Otherwise, it's just just imagine it, it's very dramatically drawn. Kirishima, he's bloodied, uh, beaten down, and he's sitting in amongst this rubble, and he says, Today was my baby girl's birthday. I wish I wasn't always letting her down like this. 
This lookalike daddy might be late to the party, and I'll never get to give to you that doll that you wanted. And he says, sorry, I couldn't be a better father. Uh, and then he, like, crumples over <laughs> as, like, this projection of his, like, smiling visage is in the background, like like a dream image. And so somebody exclaims that he just straight up died. And so All Might at the last uh, panel is crying in the bottom right-hand corner saying that it was so dramatic. And he gives him a full ret- uh, a full hundred points. And everybody else is just like, he didn't even bother with the rescue part. He was just dramatic. And it was so funny to me. The, the, when I read this, the first thought I had was like, this straight up would have been a tsunami commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. What is that, it? The one that always sticks out to me is where they start off with like a boy deserves to dream or something like that. Yeah. You know, this would have been part of that commercial. <laughs> that one got me pretty good. Um, there's oh, one more awesome. that I might like, like as a close second, but this I really do think that that's my favorite uh, comic strip of Volume Three. That's funny. We'll go ahead and get into my third. Um, this one was called How the Other Half Lives. And uh, this was great because they're all at the mall. They had a, I think mm-hmm. this was like after uh, they did a handful of like training sessions with a few different people. They were at the mall just trying to, this is slice of life stuff really. And uh, Momo is just like enamored with the food court. She's like, what, this, is this what they call a food court? And uh, Kaminari's there. And, you know, she says that she's always wanted to be at such a place like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll treat you. And I I wasn't sure. There's a panel in here where they says, what a princess too cute. I don't think that's Kaminari thinking about her, but it easily could be. Uh, but she's just kind of like moseying sure around. I'm pretty sure that it is talking about Momo there. It, yeah, I guess it, it has to be. With the amount of times that him and Minetta are just like fantasizing over her. Macking on Momo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was great here because she's just kind of walking around, like observing the food court, and she even waits in line. It looks like, and, and then like gets up to the the front and doesn't order anything. And he's just like, "What? Not hungry?" And she says, "Um, no, I was just here to observe. Gosh, like at a zoo or something." And yeah. she's just got this real deadpan face. I thought that was great. So that is one of the ones that I had uh, I had originally clipped just in case I didn't find ten that were actually like to me had some humor in them. Yeah. Uh, in part because in moments. Momo gets some, she gets treated this way. Again, Smash kind of takes a lot of these characters' character to and the extreme. Yeah, cranks it up to 11 uh, t- to use uh, the, the pop culture vernacular. And so this one, I, I really liked as like a silly exaggeration of Momo's character. Like genuinely, I thought that I was like, yeah, I could see her being like this is how you know uh, the, how the other half lives which is exactly what the title of that one was there was like yeah. a whole section in in the volume where momo is uh, sent to go live with uh with ochako for a little while <laughs> and it had very similar vibes i didn't pull a comic strip out of that section either i don't think uh, at least not for my top 10 I think but, I might have. I, if not it was one that got eliminated cuz there were some in that that i thought were actually really funny yeah they, and it they was were, funny too because it was like a punishment. Like people yeah. were basically just like, "Yeah, as your punishment, you know, because you're not confident enough, because you're so entitled, we're gonna have you go stay with the Chaco to live, or like how she would." And Ochako is just kind of like, "I don't know if I like that." <laughs> well, and so next to Momo's character being exaggerated there in those panels, so is Ochako's. Her frugality is cranked up some, and yeah, um, yeah. but uh, Ochako's frugality is cranked up not to like an overly comical degree it's actually to like right on the fringe of totally believable based on what we've seen and known about her um, which makes those panels really fun too yeah i thought so 
So we'll go into my next one here. This one is called Missed Opportunity. And again, this is another mall scene where for one reason or another, basically all the kids kind of end up split up. And I think it was just because the mall was so busy. And obviously Midoriya ends up with Ochako and he's like, oh, well, you know, we barely made it. And Ochako's like, yeah, I hope everyone's okay. And they realize, oh, it's just the two of us all alone. And then there's another scene here where Jiro ends up with Kirishima and then Momo's yep. with Kaminari. This is all right before the, uh, the mall or the um, uh, food court incident. And it's great because all of them kind of realize, like, oh, is this a date? You know, and, and off to the distance is old Mineta hanging out with just Ida. And Ida's all about it. He's, like, super ecstatic, it seems like, to just chill with his homie Mineta. But Mineta's grape sense is tingling. And he's like, the uh, like the road forked and I took the path less <laughs> bodacious or something. Yeah. <laughs> that one I also pulled but didn't make my top ten. That one I thought was pretty funny. There are a couple of just moments where I can totally see Manetta having some sixth sense of like, everyone's on a date but me, you know? <laughs> My next one is called A Miscommunication. This takes place on the bus ride to the camp. Um, Ochako is sitting next to Asui, and they're both excited about the possibilities of what this camp will be like. And Ochako's excited to make some curry with everyone, and... Uh, Sue begins describing what she hopes to find, which is this nice mountain stream with clear, cold, sparkling water in the sun and moss growing on rocks and dragonflies and fireflies and stoneflies. And Ochako kind of looks over at Sue and she's like, all tasty treats, huh? And Sue explains that it wasn't a menu. She was just, she just likes nature. She was describing a picture. <laughs> and uh, it was just funny that Ochako thought that she was overdoing the frog bit uh, and <laughs> talking about looking forward to munching on some flies, possibly because of the proximity to Ochako's own desire for food inside of the same panel. Yeah, I thought that was great. Just her really living that up. And it felt like such a moment that you would have seen in that first X-Men movie uh, with Toad. Uh, yeah. They've made some awful frog jokes in that one, and I could have seen something like this popping up. What happens when a toad gets struck by lightning? <laughs> exactly. Same thing that happens to everything else. Joss Whedon just bears great shame for that line a little <sighs> bit. No joke. That, that is directly his, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right, yeah. So this was the one I was referencing earlier, uh, kind of piggybacking off of Momo being able to create things and whether or not they're exact replicas or not. Uh, this one was called Yayoromazan.com, like a play on Amazon.com. Oh, yeah, that's one of mine, too. We is got some it? overlap. Yeah. yeah, we probably will. We have good taste. Yayoromazan is how I would have pronounced that. See, you're much better with the names than me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a moment here where Sarah, I'm pretty sure that Sarah pops up, and he's just yeah. like, are you just tossing out all this junk? Because this is when they're at the summer camp. They're they're basically trying to uh, harden their powers by just like pushing them to the limit. So she's just creating as much quantity as she can. And he's looking through it and he's like, well, that's a shame. It all seems perfectly usable. And she goes, oh, well, you're welcome to it. And he's like, oh, for real? Cool. And then later there's a scene here in a panel where uh, your girl Jiro is walking by and she notices Sarah's computer and she looks at it and it's like on eBay. He's got all this like new Bluetooth speaker and like <laughs> all these other things. And she's just like, Sarah, you dirtbag. I thought this bank. was great. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, it says about $98 for the 9,800 yen Bluetooth speaker, but yeah. we know that Momo has specifically been like, I can't disrupt the economy with my abilities. And over here is Sarah just like, ah, well, I'm going to make a couple extra bucks if I can. Yeah. And he's in the third panel. He's, he's like, he's basically exploiting her because he's like would this this would be a good practice item right and she's yeah. like what is it and he's like it's the latest smartphone no reason you know <laughs> yeah. i also well, like the touch that the back of his computer screen is like a tape dispenser and where the apple might be on like a mac per oh se oh my gosh i didn't even pick I that like up that. that's, that's cool awesome touch. yeah that is a cool touch 
And see, this is where I was wondering too, like if he's showing her the latest smartphone, do you think she's printing out like manuals? Like, is it coming in the original packaging and everything, you know? <laughs> uh, maybe that's why he has to label the Bluetooth speaker like, like new. Like new. Yeah. It's, instead of like, you know, NRFB or, you know, never removed from box or whatever the, the Dexter's lab joke was. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's not been used, but it doesn't come in the original packaging. Yeah, because in the top panel, he's just holding that speaker. So, yeah, you got to be right there. And, and everything else looks like it's just a lamp and a bin. There even looks like there's a cinder block or something here. So, man, <laughs> hey, that's man. awesome. If it, if, if it sells. It sells. No. Yeah. I've seen some weirder things sold on the Internet in my days. <laughs> no joke. Oof. All right. My, uh, my next one takes place at the camp as well, and it's just called Wooden. I picked this one in part because I knew that this would get uh, our friend Batman Beyond Mark fired up a little bit because he hates the... <laughs> Uh, the the shade that gets thrown at Ojiro and it happens hard uh, in this particular this one strip. Yeah. So Midoriya walks up to Ojiro, who like the gag throughout this manga or this uh the Smash Volume Two is that he feels like he's just being ignored. So any kind of attention thrown in his direction, he gets super excited about. And so Midoriya's like, "Hey, do you want to spar?" And Ojiro's like, "Oh, people are noticing me less and less lately. So for you to reach out, he's like, of course, I'll I'll be your sparring partner.'" And so Midoriya says, let's do this. And he goes on the assault, but he ends up kicking a tree and exclaims, presumably out loud, I thought that was Ojiro. Uh, because Ojiro says, please tell me that that was a joke. And Midoriya's just standing there frozen, like, because he can't say with, uh, with a straight and honest face that it was just a joke. He really just attacked a tree thinking that it was Ojiro. This was the that Anakin Padme meme, you know? Yeah, yeah. Please tell me that was a joke. That was a joke, right? That was a joke, right? Yeah. Is Ojiro even in any of the other chapters? I legitimately think this might be the only thing he appears in. He, it might be during this little vignette of panels that he makes his only appearance. I can't recall strictly. Yeah, I just, I, I read all the chapters today, so I may be a little bit more familiar with them as, as always, you know, prepping at the last minute there, but, <laughs> but I feel like I don't remember seeing him in anything else. So man, that's funny. Yeah. My next one was the Yaoyoromazon. So, um, we, oh, we okay. doubled up on that one, which is good. Gotcha. I like, uh, it's, it's, it's good when we have some overlap. Um, but, uh, I do also enjoy the diversity of comics that we pick when we do this. There's no way our next one's not an overlap. I'm calling it now. There's no way you don't have this one chosen. Uh, so this okay. one is called an earful. Yep, that's and... my next one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. yep. This one was too good. Uh, so Jiro is basically like jump roping with her ears, it looks like, or at least swishing them around. It's kind of hard to tell what exactly she's doing in this panel. But she's trying to strengthen her lobe jacks. And she's kind of looking down at them, and she's like, ah, oh, it looks like they're getting thicker. And she says, if this keeps up, and then there's this little like imaginary panel of her just swole. It's like, disgusting looking. <laughs> it really is. She has They've giant like veins. veiny penises Ugh. hanging from her ears, basically. <laughs> and that's why I picked it. Like they did, they did uh Jiro dirty, like vision. Oh, by the way, as we're recording, this is her birthday. Um oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh but yeah, the this visual alone of her with these like thick as a forearm earphone jacks coming off of her ears made me laugh out loud and cringe real hard. I couldn't not yep. include it, even though uh, she's definitely the, the butt of a joke here. <laughs> there was a part of me too, that for some reason I was just imagining her like in a gym locker with a needle and a syringe, like <laughs> pumping testosterone into, into her, her earlobes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gross. And, like Momo stumbling across her, like you don't have to do this. You don't have to <laughs> like there's I built like a whole thing behind this picture. I don't know. Why. There's a small part of me that wanted so bad to make this picture of Jiro, my profile picture in all things without context. 
but it would invite too many questions outside of the fandom. So I just can't no do it. But yeah, it is that yeah. funny of a visual. Um, it so, really is. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're on I YouTube, you'll that. be able to see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, at some point I may, uh, maybe after this episode goes live, maybe I'll post just that picture um, uh, as as a panel because you, it has to be seen. And then I, I'm sorry that you won't ever be able to unsee it. It's one of those like haunting, funny images. Yes. Like you just, once you see it, you have to share it with other people. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's blurst. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the last panel too, because, uh, Oh, um, Aizawa. Uh, Eraserhead. Aizawa. Yeah. Catches her like leaning up against a tree. And he's just like, are you slacking off? And she says, who me? Nah, <laughs> uh, it's just great. <laughs> I, I listened to, um, the destructo discourse. I've talked about that uh, before. And in the, one of their more recent episodes, I've been playing catch up because my summer was so busy. That's why there's been no AMP for so long. Um, but I was listening to one of their episodes and they started talking about my hero and one of the one of the hosts was like, yeah, isn't there like uh, they were talking about a, a character from Dragon Ball that was a mummy and had these like binding claws that he had unique control over. And she was like, isn't there like a hero in the My Hero anime that has a cloth that works like that? And in like I'm walking around my yard with a weed eater and headphones on and I'm and I'm saying Aizawa over and over again as they don't get his name. I'm like, it's Aizawa. <laughs> yeah, what was that guy's name? It's Aizawa. Just call him Eraserhead and let's move on. Like somebody's got to know this man's name. Finally, one of them was like, oh, yeah, like pro hero Eraserhead. And I was like, OK, that works. Um, but I was talking to the podcast hosts That's funny. as they were now talking about to one think- of my favorite characters. Who in DBZ has something like that? Not DBZ. They're they're actually doing uh, Dragon Ball right now. Oh, they're doing Dragon Ball. Okay. Yeah, they they did Dragon Ball Z first. Then they went and did GT. Now they're working through Dragon Ball. They even recently covered Curse of the Blood Rupees, um, which was fun because we covered that in our other podcast, Kaiyo Cinema. Tell them to back off our three listeners. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, our one. It's me, you, and then Raw32, I think, is the only other person on the planet that's listening to Kaiyo Cinema. We're going to come up with some kind of Dragon Ball Z content or Dragon Ball content that someone loves. I swear. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, we need to cover that weird. Uh, well, I say weird. That's not nice to say. We're going to cover that online. Like, yeah. Dragon Ball show. Heroes. Yeah. yeah I it looks get like it's kind sure. of interesting. So uh, I did see that there's some new super manga that's been confirmed or at least leaked from like a reliable source that there's some some new stuff coming out as far as the anime and the manga goes. So Well, so far in super there, um, as far as the manga is concerned, they're still covering they're like halfway through, maybe a little over halfway through the superhero movie. Um, like Orange okay. Piccolo just popped um, at gotcha. the very end of the I left last off, chapter. I think I was dealing with the Cerulians. I think that was their names. Yeah. The serial people. Yeah. Um, so, cool. That's exciting. Well, let's go ahead and get into your next one here. Um, you can't see my screen, so I see it. It is called Once More with Feeling. Yes. I was going to say, we got to skip two of mine since we, we had some overlap there. So, Once More with Feeling, um, <laughs> it, these... It's Aizawa centric. The uh, both of my last two are, and uh, so they're they're in the woods. And he, Aizawa says, "Well, I'm going to play the part of the terrified civilian that you have to come rescue me, and you have to try to keep me calm while guiding me home safely." And Midoriya is like, uh, "You're going to act scared," and Aizawa's like, "Yeah, is that a problem?" And the the reason that I love this <laughs> strip is because of this specific panel where Midoriya is trying to imagine Aizawa scared. And Aizawa's got like his hands up near his face and he's crying and he looks very much very like feminine. a, sca- yeah, very, very like a scared female. No, you know, no uh, bloodshot eyes. And Midoriya's just like, uh, no problem, I guess, but that's hard to imagine. And Saro says, well, what about a demonstration? And Aizawa with as, as stoic a face as always says, eek, help, 
I am so very scared. Uh, and in a later <laughs> panel that I didn't include, at one point he's he is playing that civilian and being rescued by somebody, and he he says like a similar thing, but he includes the word etc. at the end. He, so he's like, "Help! I'm so very scared," etc. <laughs> I can see him being like etc. Yeah, it's very funny. Oh man, Izawa, great stuff, man. Well, I only have one left, so you'll have to play some catch up, probably. Yes, yes. So my next one, um, this one was one that was really cracking me up. So it's Halloween. I really, really liked the Halloween chapter in general. Actually, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but we there's got to a see panel some of the League of Villains in that. Yeah, we did. We actually there was they one in and out, or maybe two chapters that were entirely League of Villains. Yeah, um, that were pretty fun. They were good. I don't think I chose any. No, I did. I think my last one is one from that that uh, one of those chapters actually. But either way, in the Halloween uh, version here, this one's called "Under the Veil of Night, from the Mouth of the Abyss, Molded by Darkness, Etc." <laughs> and someone like Tokoyami is is approaching the the group, and someone says, "No costume today, Tokoyami," and he starts laughing, and it's actually Saro, and he like pops off to. Tokoyami head and I thought that was so funny and uh, so I don't know who this is I'm guessing it's Midoriya I'm pretty sure it's him as All Might but he's just like yeah, yeah, you dressed as is. Tokoyami and then there's another Tokoyami that pops up and he just says darn it we picked the same costume and it's Kaminari but Kaminari's version looks like like Spoderman was to do Tokoyami <laughs> yeah. if you know what Spoderman is he got is. his uh, Tokoyami costume off a of wish yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what are those Facebook ads? <laughs> oh, man. And then it turns out that Tokoyami himself just dressed up like as, um, I mean, it, I, to me, I thought it was uh, uh, Todoroki. Like he's kind of dressed up in like a suave Todoroki. He's got like the eye patch or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it says Banquet of Darkness there. It's the uh, Kaminari's version says Twilight Chaos. But these just cracked me up. I, the idea of like the classmates dressing up as another classmate because he is kind of costumey just had me dying. I, I thought that was funny. I think that number one, I think that the Banquet of Darkness and and the other uh, comment were Twilight made by Chaos. yeah. I think they were made by the those cosplaying as Tokoyami to try to they like were. be yep. into character. And yep. two, um, in one of the team up missions uh, that Mark and I covered recently, there was a a, a bit where uh, Midnight was teaching the students how to for whatever dumb reason dress up like other heroes uh and we we did have a tokoyami i think or no 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 did we not i know tokoyami dressed up as somebody well crap now i can't remember but anyway this is kind of where we thought that that we thought that that particular gag belonged in smash and and so like it 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 fits perfect yeah it's right here um and i hadn't read it at that time mark probably had well, we'll go ahead and get into your last one here. Okay, it is called Tis But a Flesh Wound. Uh, and so Aizawa is continuing uh, to play the victim here. And so the the students kind of gathered around him, and he's lying down, uh, basically maybe receiving some triage. He's not in his, uh, his trademark sleeping bag. So they're like, fine, you're a bad actor, but like try seriously then we can at least pretend to act naturally and so as i always says i'm always serious and he takes his binding cloth and he bites down on it and takes out his uh knife and just stabs himself in the leg <laughs> and they're all freaking out they're like why did you do that and he's like well now i don't have to act at all i'll just have granny heal me up later um and so he's like well if you want to go pro take this training as seriously as i am and then all the class like has various reactions to this like uh, Hagakure passes out. 
Uh, Mineta's vomiting. Saro's covering his eyes. Jiro's looking away. Uh, Mina's feeling dizzy, like she's about to pass out too. Uh, and Aizawa's just like, "All right, enough of that." Like it's just funny that they they're placed or exposed to an actual injury, and this is how they respond. <laughs> like in a safe yeah. environment, they're all hurling and passing out. So it doesn't like, so, look good. such an unexpected injury. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny, if anything, because this is kind of where we left off with Aizawa in the show. You know, he's uh, in he's the had hospital. an injured leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It just felt like it hit in a funny way. Um, there was also, I don't, obviously this was your last one, so you didn't include it. I also didn't include this. But seeing Hagakuri in this scene, she's just kind of like got her, you know, clothing that you can see. Mm-hmm. There was a funny panel where I guess it was showing like all of the girls' dorm room or something like that. And someone is like leaving. I think it's a Chaco. And she steps on Hagakuri. And then they have that realization of like, oh my God, Hakakura, you sleep naked? And she's just like, yeah, old habit. But it's like a recurring thing in that chapter where she keeps getting stepped on because people don't realize that she's there. And yeah. for whatever reason, I just thought that was kind of funny. I think that it's Oka- my Ochako ones. and then Sue steps on her as they're, I guess, going to use the restroom or something. Something, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so for my last one here, uh, this one kind of cracked me up because this is where effectively uh, Bakugo has been kidnapped by the League of Villains. Uh, yeah. And we all kind of know how that one played out in the show and in the manga. But in the the, the uh, Smash volume here, he basically just had to play games with them. And if he won, then he could leave. But if he lost, he had to become... Uh... My you, brain just You got it. Off. Come on. I want to say Tokoyami. No. Shigaraki. There you go. (laughs) I don't know why that one blanked, (laughs) but he had to become Shigaraki's bestie. Yeah. And there was this whole scene, too, where Shigaraki is playing games with the new members of the League of Villain, and he's just like, all right, whoever draws the longest straw can win, and you have to do, you know, everyone else has to do whatever he says. And then so two of them draw shorter straws, and he's just like, all right, die. Yeah. (laughs) And they're they're like, what do you mean? And so I was totally expecting that, uh, like some kind of a ridiculous game, but they end up playing life, and Bakugo wins, and... And so after he's won and he's left, he's now being debriefed. So this one is called Brief Debriefing. And it's great because he's talking to our buddy Sukuauchi and uh, he's just like, hey, don't worry. We can guarantee your safety now. Like, go ahead and answer my questions honestly. Nothing you say will come back to bite you. And Baka goes, just I've, I've been honest. Yeah. They kidnapped me, fed me a meal and made me play this dumb game. I won. So they let me walk away. And Sukuauchi's like, well, obviously meal is some sort of code word. Yeah. And he just goes, it was freaking food. <laughs> uh, and then there's a small little bit here that says law enforcement ate up most of his night. And I just that got a that got a kick out of me because I could just see him being like, no, I swear, like we played life, I won, and then they let me go. It was the wildest thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite gags from that particular uh, series of panels where uh, was where uh, Shigaraki over like overcommitted when he tried to tell Bakugo that he wanted him to be his BFF. Yeah. And so he kept dialing it back because he was like, apparently he had been reading a book on like how to be social or friendly. And he was like, okay, so you make this ask. And if that gets denied, then you back it up and steps until somebody finally says yes. So he like goes from, uh, will you be my best friend forever to how about we share a meal? <laughs> and like, that's yeah. how they get to the food eating part. And Bakugo wasn't even really down with that, except for the fact that he was legitimately hungry. Uh, so yeah, he, yeah. he kind of bit that bullet. It was it was it was rather comical. Yeah, you know, I think I had when we got up or when we met up together. I think I had thirteen comics, and I ended up cutting three of them. And those three were uh, villain versions. I'm pretty sure. Oh, gotcha. like the, the, some of the villain panels because they they were legitimately some good ones. Uh, one in particular that stood out. There was a point in time where Shigaraki wanted to play. Um, 
what is it called? Uh, not Connect Four, but you like spin the wheel and there's the dots that you have to put Twister. your hands on. Twister. Oh, yeah. thank you, you want to play Twister with Kurogiri? You wanted to play <laughs> Twister with Kurogiri, and Kurogiri yeah. was just kind of like, I don't think this game applies to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that had me cracking up. So, if, but you in know, general, every time we sit down to do these, um, I I I take I pick too many because I'm always like, well, I'm gonna just pick any that are either remotely comical to me in the for for fear that I'm not going to be able to get 10 genuinely funny comics, even if they're just a little funny. Yeah. Uh, and I always end up with like 15 or 16. And I'm like, well, crap, now I got to make real decisions on this stuff. So like <laughs> exactly. every time I go through the same process where I have to call some of those and they become basically the equivalent of honorable mentions because we talk about them anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was funny for me is that I think there were 22 or 21 chapters in this volume because we did volume three. And uh, I feel like every time I've done this so far, I end up screenshotting like 20, like four chapters in because yeah. I think the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to the end and not have any. And then I'm going to have to reread a bunch and try and figure it out. And then this time around, I, I definitely got up to like probably 12 and I was only like nine chapters in. And I realized like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to cut out a bunch of these. So yeah. you yeah. start having st- uh, like tighter st- uh, standards for humor. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But man, in general, these were fun. Uh, I forgot how good the Smash volumes were. I definitely felt like volumes one and two hit a little bit harder. Like they were uh, maybe less restrictive. Like I think they were still trying to kind of find their their footing. And now it feels like in volume three, they're kind of following a little bit closer to the storyline. They're kind of doing slice of life stuff. It's not quite as ridiculous. Like there are some bits that are ridiculous, but not as much as volumes one and two. Um, but man, if you're down for it, I'd do another volume. We well, yeah, little, we, we can't little, stop uh, at three out of five when there's only ever going to be the five. So, yeah, we, we'll definitely tackle four and five at some point. I know that you had kind of mapped out a, a tentative schedule for us in the future. Is that something that you want to share now? Yeah, I'm excited. So a long time ago, I don't even remember what episode it was. I'll, I'll go back and put it in the description of the, the episode for today. But we did a uh, conspiracy episode where we basically just looked up where the current anime was and the conspiracy theories around like who characters might be, you know, like what what storylines might be coming down the road and things like that. And then I think you and I just debated whether or not they were plausible yeah, or what, if I we even that. believed them. Uh, so I, I did that one more time. I just Googled like current, you know, uh, My Hero Academia anime conspiracy theories. And I found a huge Reddit thread full of stuff. And really? I, yeah, I think I even sent it to you. And I was like, look, it's easy. I didn't even have to do much. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so I, I'm going to try to plan to pull that up. I'm going to do a little bit of research. And uh, next time it will be me leading you through the conspiracy maze and seeing what you think is uh, plausible here. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be really interesting because the anime and the manga are much closer together, I think, now than it was way back when we first started or when we did that episode. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like there's less wiggle room for, for certain con- conspiracies to breathe out there. But if it's specifically f- uh, coming from folks that are anime only, it, it, there's definitely room for things to uh, for things to be yet divulged um or, or fully explained so yeah i think so uh, i mean we've had a lot of big things happen in that last season and there's still a lot of unknowns and a lot of loose ends and i think we can see that the end is coming you know we probably only have what three more seasons maybe yeah two or three i think that seems to be the consensus for uh for, from the discussion taking place in the discord um the manga is apparently fairly close to putting uh, a big bow on things presumably so yeah yeah, uh, yeah. It's 
it's certainly going to come to an end. And uh, the, the rumors recently or, or since we last recorded have been swirling pretty hard and fast about a Vigilante's anime. There was at one point somebody yeah. on Twitter that said that they got it from reputable sources, which I don't think was true at all. But it, it, it was kind of cool to see so much of the My Hero fandom on Twitter be like, if this is legit, this is what we want. Like this, that, like people being really excited about a spinoff. Like I was talking, I think it was in the Discord actually, um, about how if Vigilantes does get this anime treatment, it's going to be a part of what I think is a pretty small group of animes that whose spinoff gets a treatment like that. You know, most yeah. spinoffs... You know, you you might get a, a few volumes or whatever, and they they kind of take on their own their own shape elsewhere, and they don't get animated. They're just kind of tangential media. Um, but there are some that spin off of, um, you know, the the major or the 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 my hero propers is what we would call it. You know, the propers um, that that do get that treatment. So it would be interesting to see if Vigilante gets treated that way. We have talked about our reservations about it because it's in pristine condition right now. Um, and it could get, it could be improved upon, but it could also be mishandled. Um, and you know what what do you want? Would you rather have what's good untouched, or would you let somebody uh, you know handle it and and change things for better or for worse? Like because that becomes a roll of the die. Like what we have right now is set in stone. Nobody can screw with it, and we all like it as it is. Um, if somebody you know if an animating studio gets their hands on it, um, you know I'm not saying that there's a 50-50 chance that they you know, get it better or worse. Um, you know, it might be an 80% chance that they do things much better. Um, but then there's still that 20% chance, 10% chance that they goof something up. And of course it being an anime and there being fans of it, um, regardless of what they do, somebody's going to be butthurt about, uh, how it's handled. So, Oh, I'm sure I, I would ask you, you're more aware of the internet's, uh, opinions on my hero are, is the general consensus that it's been handled well? I know that there was a couple of seasons people complained about, but um, I think that uh, I, tr yeah, I would say that generally speaking, the animation gets uh, lauded, like respected. Um, people that are uh, kind of have a foot in both the anime realm and also the manga realm tend to be the ones that uh, that speak the loudest about any kind of inconsistencies or. You know, um, because they, they they have a comparison point, which is fair. Sure. Um, but I think a lot of that goes away if you are an anime only. Um, for the most part, I think a lot of those th those comparison points, which create differences of uh, the the potential for differences of opinion, dissipate. Um, so I mean, I haven't had any major issues. We've talked um, as we've covered the anime of things that we didn't like, things that were illustrated poorly. Like we're honest about that stuff too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, things that don't communicate well visually. Um, but the same can be said if we're, you know, looking off. I can't tell how many times I've said while we were looking at manga panels and saying this, like, I cannot tell what's trying to be conveyed here. Like it goes both ways. Um, oh, absolutely. And we try to handle it as fairly as we can. We're not, we're not all uh, hoorah, yay, MHA stuff. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we, we tend to, we tend to skew positive. Like we, we don't want to, take massive dumps on stuff. No, That's what Mark not. is there for. We call him for that. <laughs> we bring in the backup <laughs> for uh, his, for his rant segments. Yes. Yes. 
you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, Vigilantes. I thought it was a lot of fun, especially for something that was more of a spinoff and at times kind of goofy. There were definitely some really great moments there. So if you've not read Vigilantes, you should give it a shot. Get prepped for a potential anime because it would be super cool. If anything, seeing Knuckle Duster on the big screen would be really cool. I'd love that because he was just, a I, I don't know, a favorite of mine for sure. Um, so and you get to find out so much background knowledge. I mean, there's so much that happens in that that leads into my hero that sets the scene for so much. So yeah, you get like uh, the villain origin story of Stain. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to see Rappa like way more than you did in the actual anime slash manga yeah. MHA proper. In fact, Jamie, um, who is uh, consuming my hero at a a fairly decent pace these days um, is into season three, I think, which is where the Shiei Saikai stuff is, and so. Um, he finally got to meet Rappa recently and I was like, ah, he's, and he's a light in a dark place. Um, he's, <laughs> he's so good. And I was like, what the, the worst part is like, I loved him in the anime. And then when we got to him in Vigilantes, I was like, this guy is, might be one of my favorite character. I mean, he absolutely is like in my top five characters across all MHA stuff. Yeah, you also get introduced to uh, the bunny hero. I can't remember her Mirko. name. Mirko. Uh, Mirko, who is super cool. Like, I kind of figured that she would just be fan service, but she's so much cooler than that. I mean, yeah. what an awesome hero. You get the uh, fuller, more emotional coverage of uh, the backstory for Kurogiri um, with uh, Shirakumo and Aizawa and Present yeah. Mike. All that stuff has way Man, firmer foundations yeah. in Vigilantes. That's right. That stuff hit so hard in the TV show because of we were reading Vigilantes around the same time that episode came out. And I yeah. remember just being like in tears watching that yeah. episode. Yeah, and the <laughs> anime and manga only, like the, the MHA proper folks miss out on that. And that is essential material like yeah. for for that stuff to really hit hard and 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 give you i mean it's not like the manga uh or the anime of mha proper mishandled it there's still an opportunity for the, i mean they convey those emotions especially on aizawa and present mike very well yeah. but to have that real backstory um fleshed out text yeah in the way that it was in vigilantes it definitely it's so good enhanced those scenes by by tenfold. Um, you also get Captain Celebrity, who is a blast. Eventually. Uh, I mean, eventually. <laughs> we, I remember when we were first reading it, we were like, I hope this character dies. <laughs> and then by the end, we loved that guy. So Yeah. And uh, yeah, you do have to suffer through a couple of uh, a couple of dance numbers. And, and uh, those, those weren't our favorite. They, w- they won't get animated. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we can only hope. Uh, otherwise, we're uh, we're in for a, a a rough patch of a couple of episodes, probably filler to, episodes. They, yeah. They'll just be li- labeled as filler. Ugh, well, I but, think that'll bring yeah. us to an end. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Um, I look forward to discussing these theories. I have no idea. I probably I need to. I guess look over that list. I don't know that I ever. No, no, don't. I'll 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 handle all that. That way, it's all fresh for you. Um, I don't want. My fear is that we will both end up getting spoiled somehow on something. So I'm trying okay. to do the best I can to mitigate that. Uh, so let me get some things together and then I'll run them by you and hopefully come with some strong defenses. So that way you can just absolutely dismantle any theory that I've thought of or find on the internet. See, I was thinking <laughs> that I was going to end this episode by saying, so join us on the next episode of AMP where we get exposed for not knowing a damn thing about my hero, anything. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, well, the, the other thing is it's been such a long time since I've watched or read anything, my hero, that I'm going to read some of this and be like, Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. We're, we're definitely going to, get exposed for yeah. uh, gaps in knowledge because we that we we're full of those things 
Absolutely. Well, hopefully you enjoyed this episode of AMP. And if you're watching us, uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, hopefully you enjoyed the video. If you like this kind of stuff, let us know. Maybe we can try to do more. I might, I might have to pay Adkins to show up on video more, but it's worth it, I think. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, let us know if you enjoyed it. Otherwise, you can go and leave us a rating on iTunes. Um, Spotify is another big thing, too, for yep. the podcast. All that stuff will be in the description. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. See you guys.